We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good morning, everybody. I'm going to do it more gentle. Uh, it is more jarring than I thought. Good morning, everybody. Because I was listening to, I was just listening to the podcast and like how they started. Because sometimes they start with a an ad or something. And every one I clicked on, it was like, God, I mean, it's, <laughs> when there's no like, but it the Bart Winkler show. Good, it's it's it, it's a little more jarring. So, good morning everybody this is the bart winkler show i'm here with toby altizer we're going to play some mm -hmm, mm -hmm, a little bit later with paul Emig and tim shea so stick around for that but i want to talk to toby uh we got to talk commanders this is the big week yeah this is the big week this is the week that you and i would have booked a commander's guest every day yep uh, on, on the radio show and and really tried to be the true commander's like station and i think it would have been fun but instead it's just you and i us girls talking for a couple of minutes and uh and there we go so i'll start i i'll start with i want to start with the packers but they suck you went to the game uh thursday you went to one of these thursday night football games that are terrible you went down to chicago and watch uh carson wentz hurt his pinky or whatever the hell's wrong with him how was that game did you left early no, I did not leave early. Oh, I thought you tweeted that you did. No, no, no. I so I didn't. I'd never been to a game at Soldier Field, so I didn't quite under like figure out why they wanted to leave there yet. You know, it was a cool <laughs> site and everything. So I got down there early, watched the game, and the upper decks, the steps are super steep. The view actually isn't that bad from up there. You're way up there, but the view isn't that bad. So it's like okay. I get that, you know, maybe they want to leave here to go somewhere else for whatever reason. It's an old stadium. Leaving the stadium, that's when I fully understood why they want to leave Soldier Field. It's a disaster leaving Soldier Field. It's so hard to get around. It's like a horde of 60,000, 70,000 people all walking in a line together through Chicago to get back to their cars. <laughs> it, it, it's just a disaster. So... I understand why they want to leave Soldier Field. The game itself, not very entertaining. I think both fan bases that were there, the Commanders and Bears, were disappointed in their teams. And even leaving the game with a win, see other Skins fans there, like, I don't know that there's any positive to take away from that. So it was a weird game to go to, but it was a fun atmosphere. 
Yeah, leaving stadiums. Now that I'm, you said that, I'm thinking about some of the stadiums that I've been to, and it is. It's always like a line, a but massive like, line. Like when you leave Lambeau Field, at least there's the parking lot. So you're leaving the stadium, you get to the parking lot, and it disperses. Or, but then if you get on the high, like there's one highway to get out of there. Yeah, but like when you get a Soldier Field, you walk out of the stadium, and since there's really no parking near it, it's like. Here's a sidewalk. We put fences on both sides of the sidewalk. Now 80,000 people walk through this line. And it's like, yeah. whoa, this is wild. Yeah. But you saw a win. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know what to think about that. And that's the thing. Uh, <laughs> to tie this all up, talking Packers about this. Watching the Packers on Sunday made me think that Washington might have a chance. But then thinking about the last time I saw Washington on a football field, Makes me realize they don't have a chance. Packers are only, I think, uh, four and a half point favorites as of now yeah. coming into the game. It is in Washington. Carson Wentz. Now, I don't know if that line, how how it's moved after Carson Wentz, but your boy Taylor Heineke is starting again. Yeah, I think with Heineke, it actually helps out the offense because the offensive line for Washington is very bad right now. They only have one offensive lineman that should be starting in the NFL probably and that's Charles Leno at left tackle so if you watch that Thursday night game again or just want to know a little scouting report they run it left they don't run it to the right they run it left 90% of the time and that was like 90% of the play calls on that Thursday night game but they don't have a very good offensive line and Carson Wentz he used to be a little more mobile but he's kind of a statue back there Heineke's going to run around some, so I think it's going to help them overall a little bit on offense that he can move around, but in turn, he can't push the ball down the field like Wentz could, so I think your safeties can scoot up a little bit. All right, so that'll be how the uh, Commanders win the game. It'll be a, it'll be like a, it'll be like a third and goal with 50 seconds left, and the Commanders need a touchdown, and they're going to fake the handoff left, and then Heineke's going to bootleg untouched into the end zone on the right side. There you go. You've convinced me already. About the Packers. <laughs> well, I mean, last year's game was close with Heineke at quarterback. Last year's game was close. I mean, if if Heineke doesn't have that call where they ruled him down short of the end zone because he was supposedly giving himself up even though he's diving head first. Oh, right. Like, if that didn't happen, I mean, that game was very close. So that Packers team was last year was certainly better than this year. I don't know that you could say much about last year's commander's team versus this year's team. So if Green Bay doesn't come to play, maybe they got a shot. Well, this is a big test for the Packers. I think the, the Jets game was a test for the Packers. Like they they struggled against New England. They obviously lost to the Giants. They come home, London, whatever. They lose to the Jets. All right. You're three and three. You're going to play a team that by all accounts is worse than you. The commanders are worse than the Packers. Yes, the commanders are at home. And yes, the Packers have to travel, which for some reason is the worst thing that's ever happened to this team. If they go in there and lose, like if they go in there and win, you're salvaging things a little bit because you're going to lose next week. I'm, I'm going to Buffalo to watch an embarrassing loss. Yeah. Buffalo is on a bye this weekend, by the way. They're going to get the Packers off a bye rough rough stuff but if you go to washington and then lose 
they're done. I mean, I mean, they're not, but I don't, it's getting to the point where they need a win and they don't, I just don't see them scoring 30 points. I don't see the Packers putting up 30 points. No, I mean, the defense, I I don't know what to think about that. And I think there was a, a good article put out in the ringer about this. Like the defense has the personnel it's just the scheme is a bit of a problem, so at least you can have some hope that the defense can kind of fix things. When you look at the offensive side of the ball, what gives you hope that they're going to fix things? You know, like they don't have the players that they probably need, and that's on Goody in the front office. And then the offense itself is just stale and boring, and that's on Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers to get that stuff figured out. And, you know, you can say, well, they're just getting adjusted. Why did it take Kansas City no time at all to get adjusted to losing Tyree Kill? Granted, they have the greatest tight end in the league in Kelsey, so they can kind of lean on him. But you would think that with a running back tandem like Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, okay, if we lose Devontae, we'll lean on them. And yet we're consistently asking Matt LaFleur after the game, hey, why did Aaron Jones only touch the ball three or four times in the first half? And every single time. Yeah, we, we got to do a better job of that. It's like, there's no we, Matt. That's on you, buddy. Like, you got to get the ball to Aaron Jones. Yeah, I don't. you just put him in there at least. Like, it's one thing if, you know, you're calling runs and Rodgers is checking out. It's one thing well, if that's happening. Jones is sitting on the sideline on fourth downs yeah. and you're going for it. Well, and that's the other thing, too. Like, people are going to blame Rodgers for checking out of runs and stuff. And I'm sure some of that happens. But, I mean, even you're someone that, gets frustrated with Rodgers, you can't tell me that Rodgers wouldn't say, yeah, we should hand the ball to Jones more than three times in the first half. Like, he might check out of some runs, but it's not like they called eight to ten runs for Jones and Rodgers checked out of all of them. That's on Matt LaFleur to call a better game. Yeah, I think one of the things I've been saying is, you know, there's a lot of reasons why the Packers got here at three and three. The quarterback play has been very poor. Rodgers is not playing well at all no uh, the wide receivers you know you do miss Devonte because you miss you miss a guy that you can throw to you miss a guy that you can throw deep to and draw a flag but I, I think the wide receivers haven't been so much of an issue but now they're all hurt okay uh, the running backs are not being used correctly the offensive line I thought was the worst in the league then I watched the Denver Broncos oh my god they like they like just move. They're like, welcome to our backfield is what they're doing. Just please sack our quarterback. He's Mr. Unlimited or whatever. He's weird. So that they might be worse. So the Packers might be the 31st, but you're telling me the commanders are bad too. So maybe the 30th and then defensively, like you said, they've got the pieces, but they're not like playing together. And now special teams, at least we're like, Oh, special teams is good. Well, now they suck too. So this is a team that's got a lot of problems. They got a lot of problems that put them in this spot, but I think it's time for Matt LaFleur. He needs to be the one he needs to be. He's going back to Washington where he coached. He just got embarrassed by his brother. He just got embarrassed by his best man, doubly embarrassed in the press conference where Sal is like, yeah, we knew we, if, if we just like, they would quit. We knew they would quit. They, they Matt LaFleur is like, we're going to find out this week. If he's a good coach, we don't know. He's had a good quarterback, a good team. He's ridden, he's ridden good Rodgers, but now Rodgers is not good Rodgers right now. So coach this team, Rodgers and LaFleur disagreeing about the offense and the pressers. Now I don't, I don't know what to think. So this needs to be, 
Matt LaFleur, I need to see Matt LaFleur just to wrap up the point. I said this too. Nick Sirianni is who we think Matt LaFleur is. Like watching that Eagles game, Sirianni's going crazy and he's calling great plays and he's, okay. you know, running down the field. Matt LaFleur is more like, man, Matt LaFleur, remember I said the Brewers, you could wrap them up and they'd be like the council gift where he's like, Matt LaFleur kind of seems the same way. Like too scared for the moment. Yeah. Too worried to lose. Anytime there's a big game with Matt LaFleur, it just seems like his team comes out flat. And it seems like they're already one foot in the grave and you just barely touch them and then they fall into it. So like I I don't understand why that happens with Matt LaFleur's teams, but this is an opportunity for them to come out once again against a pretty poor football team in Washington and hopefully show that they can be a little bit better coming out of a pretty bad game. Cause like you come off that giants game and you're going up against the jets and you're thinking, all right, here's an opportunity for them to prove themselves. They usually don't lose two in a row under Matt LaFleur. So they will be better. They come out, they look terrible. So then you're like, all right, well this week you want to have hope that they can do it. But every single time Matt LaFleur's teams are put in this situation, it's at least this year's team for sure. It comes out flat and they can't be doing that because you could put Washington away in the first quarter or at least in the second quarter and just give them no hope and Washington will probably unravel. But if you're going to give them a chance, I mean, they're, they're going to stick around and keep fighting because they have nothing to lose. They could possibly beat the Green Bay Packers a week after beating the Chicago Bears and feel good about themselves. Whereas, like, you've got to come out and play good football right away, win this thing early, and give yourselves confidence going forward because Washington has no aspirations for anything. At this point, they're fighting to keep their head coach. Uh, that's what the head coach is fighting for, at least. And, and so they're trying to keep jobs. They're not going to the playoffs. They are. You can already write them off. Green Bay has aspirations to try and win a Super Bowl, I think. like that. That was ultimately your goal, right? And so if your goal is to win a Super Bowl and you come out flat against Washington after losing back-to-back games to New York teams... I mean, you're not giving anyone any hope. You think there's no hope for Washington if they if they win? They're three and four. They got they can ride Heineke. No, no hope. If so, if Heineke wins a few games, is Carson Wentz even coming back? Is Wentz worse or as bad as you thought he would be? He used to be so good, Toby. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm well aware. Um, I don't know if he's worse than I thought he would be. Like I think. So much is on the offensive coordinator, in my opinion, but he still has not been good. Scott Turner, of course. Yeah, Scott Turner. Yeah, he should get fired. He should. He 100 <laughs> should be fired. I'm so sick of him. Everyone on that coaching staff should be fired. If you I mean, get- we've been we've been banging on the Scott Turner drum, God, since I can't remember. Well, if you if you get sick of seeing Matt Lafleur on the sideline doing whatever you're saying Matt Lafleur does, just wait for how many videos you'll see of Ron Rivera on the sideline like this with his arms crossed, with nothing to do, <laughs> clueless on the sideline. It's it, I'm so sick of seeing it. Uh, before I wrap up with you here, and again, we got Paul and Tim coming up. Tomorrow's show will be the picks with Horvat. Nice. So we're going to do that for Thursday this week instead of Friday, because Friday's show is going to be taped 
Thursday night as soon as the Bucks are done with the Sixers. Nice. So we'll be doing a we'll be doing a Bucks, and I'll go live on YouTube on that one. Got Bucks lust. Yeah. So, um, I'll send out the link to all you guys if you want to join, and then it'll be Tim Shea that joins forty minutes late. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, but I appreciate all your time always. Um, you want my keys to the game for the Packers? Yeah. All right. I made. I, I even took notes. Look at that. I took notes. What? I came. I came prepared. Did we go through all the things you prepared? Uh, not really. No. Well, but, let's. Look, I mean, if you prepared for this. All right. So he, I told Ty Windis yesterday, my number one goal is no preparation. <laughs> just open well, the mic and go. I was just trying to think through, like if I were, if I were. Matt LaFleur and that coaching staff going into this matchup, what would I do since I probably know Washington better than Green Bay at this point? This is what I would do if I were Green Bay. One, you need that interior O-line to be solid. So I would move Jenkins back to guard this week if you wanted to do that move because there is no edge threat for the Washington Commanders. Montez Sweat is nice. He's a big name. People know him because he was drafted in the first round. In reality, all he ever does is occasionally get a pressure, never gets sacks. I think he had two against the Titans, one of which he never even touched the quarterback. That's the only time he's had a sack all year. So I'm not worried about sweat. And then the other guys are F.A. Obata and James Smith-Williams. And if you've never heard of those guys, it's because they're not very good. No, never. On the interior, you have Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, both studs. If you leave the interior as a problem this week, they will kill you. The Ed Brushers, I'm not worried about at all if I'm Green Bay. But the interior, they're going to be able to stuff the run a little bit, oh. and they will get after the passer. So I would this try great to breakdown. shore up that interior. All right, number two, if I'm the offense for Green Bay, I would attack the linebackers. Early on in the season, teams have been able to scheme their slot-wide receivers, including guys like a C.D. Lamb or someone of that nature, a good wide receiver. They've been able to scheme them onto linebackers against Washington. Find a way to do that if you're Matt LaFleur, and that's an easy matchup. Obviously, it's not going to be Randall Cobb, but if you need to put Dobbs in there, even Amari Rogers, they can beat Jamin Davis as a linebacker there. So get that matchup. Number three, I'd say you need to create those explosive plays. Ron's always talking about how Washington is so close, but they just give up explosive plays. Well, Every single week, Washington gives up huge explosive plays. So Green Bay needs to find a way to make some of those. And Green Bay's kind of struggled making those plays deep down the field in the passing game. I think this is a week you can maybe do that. And then one more on offense. Since he's come back, he's been one of the highest graded players by PFF in all of football on the defensive side. And it's not a guy that you would immediately think of with this commander's defense. But Cameron Curl, number 31 on the back end of safety. Very solid player. So just pay attention to him and keep an eye on him. He hasn't necessarily made any game-changing plays yet, but he is probably right up there with Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne as the best players on this defensive side of the ball. And like I said, those guys are going to make a difference. Since there is no Chase Young, he hasn't come back yet. Don't need to worry about edge rushers. So make sure that interior is solid. All right, Man, if you're applying to jobs in D.C., like this would be part of your resume. <laughs> Then look also, at also if I do somehow get my dream of coaching an NFL team, yeah, I, I'm hiring you as the offensive coordinator. <laughs> One hundred, you're in. I know a little bit about football. I don't know that I know that much, but 
let's see, moving to the defensive side of the ball. I will take the defensive coordinator position because I might know just as much as Joe Barry. I might. No, yeah, I mean. <laughs> so here's my keys for the defensive side. One, you got to contain Taylor Heineke. If you would have been playing Carson once, this wouldn't have been much of an issue. But with Heineke, he's better off schedule than on schedule. So make sure you kind of keep him in the pocket. Don't let him run around. Last time he played Green Bay, he kind of killed him with his legs a little bit, running for 30 yards, should have run for a touchdown against Green Bay. Find a way to contain him. Slow down the run game. And like I mentioned a little bit earlier, Washington loves to run it to the left. I think if you watch back that Thursday night game, half the time it's a motion from the left side with Curtis wow. Samuel or McLaurin and then hand it off running to the left. They love doing oh, that. Curtis Samuel cost me fantasy last week. <laughs> He's, he was so bad last week. I mean, he I, I started him over like Brandon Ayuk because he gets yep. more targets. Yep. And he was terrible. And he was, he's dropping balls in the end zone. Terrible. Terrible. Uh, number three, exploit the O-line. Like I said, outside of Charles Leno, left tackle, everyone else is gettable. So get after them, especially the interior. The interior is awful. Washington had two centers last year coming off of major injury, Chase Roulier and Tyler Larson. And Roulier already out for the year again. And Tyler How Larson- do the commanders have so many guys that I've never heard of? Like you could be making these names up. <laughs> I probably am, to be honest. I, Jeez. I, I know these guys, but not many people do. So Tyler Larson, we're already on our second center, but he's actually our third center of the year. Mm. So you have problems in the middle. We've had problems at guard all year long. So Kenny Clark, those guys in the middle, Jaron Reed, get after it. And if I'm Rashawn Gary and I'm lining up against right tackle Sam Cosme, have a day. He's going to kill him over Sam there. Cosme? Who are, what is this? He was our second round pick. <laughs> All right, two. <laughs> I still have COVID, I think. <laughs> Dare Washington because I don't think that they can, especially with Taylor Heineke. So I would, I wouldn't say that I'm going to beg them to throw it, but instead of with Wentz, where you kind of had to respect the deep ball, even if they wouldn't throw it, because one thing that I noticed on Thursday that Chicago did, they dared Washington to take shots. They lined one on one up with Terry McLaurin. And their safeties were down in the box the entire game. They're like, go ahead, throw a deep ball. You won't. And that's Jalen Johnson lining up across from Terry, not a guy like Jair. So the Packers can maybe come in with a similar game plan of pushing the safeties up into the box, playing man-to-man. I'm not sure if Dotson will play in this one, but if Dotson's not playing, then the only guy you really got to worry about uh, is Terry McLaurin. And then- Well, I'm going to use him as my captain in uh, DraftKings. Yeah, maybe you have to worry. McLaurin's about- going seven for a buck 12 <laughs> and two scores. I believe McLaurin has scored touchdowns both times he's played Green Bay. So What's happening? Maybe he'll score another touchdown. But I would dare Washington to throw it deep because even if they do throw it deep, Heineke throws lollipop balls down the field, so you can probably make a play on it. And then last thing, Washington loves their little motions. Don't fall for it. Don't let the eye candy fool you. Just stay disciplined. You got way more talent on that defensive side of the ball. So play disciplined football, and you should be able to stifle them, hold them to like 10 points or so. I'm going to take uh, Washington to win. I'm going to pull a Romo prediction. <laughs> uh, I'll take 23-20. Uh, I'm going to take Green Bay. And it's going to happen. Heineke, uh, bootleg keeper to win the game. I'm going to take Green Bay to kind of dominate this one. I'll go 21-10. 10? I, Washington's offense is so bad. Ay, ay, ay. 
Maybe I'll change my mind by the time we talk to Horvath, but I'm not feeling good about the uh, Packers at this point, and I don't know how anybody could. <laughs> well, and uh, like I tweeted out the other day, I was, I'm was i so down on Washington, obviously, but Green Bay played so bad on Sunday that it actually made me think that there's a legitimate shot that Washington could beat them. Guys, us uh, Toby Altizer, it is it is uh it's un, it's unfortunate that I don't have a sports radio job. But I've been a dick to a lot of people, so it makes <laughs> sense. It is a crime that Toby Altizer is not on your radio every morning. Somebody in sports radio hire this guy. My god. Hire this man. Thanks Toby. Appreciate it, Bart. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Bart Winkler Podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Your host, once again, Bart Winkler. Hey, everybody, good morning. Uh, our special guest today, Paul Imig and Yay. Tim Shea. Yay! What's up, yeah. dudes? Hey, guys, happy Wednesday. I'm, I'm I, like, so as we're recording this, my ears are messed. But I can hear my – oh, man. I, like, thought I was getting better over the weekend. I think I started to get worse. Yeah, this is our second room. We, you thought something was wrong with the audio? It's wrong with your your equilibrium and your ears. Well, they always told me that um, – I because I when I have headphones in, and I don't use headphones for this, but when I have headphones in at the radio station, I like to crank it as high as possible. Really? Uh-huh. And now you're just now you just can't hear anymore. I don't know. Maybe it's all coming back now. You know, it's all coming back. It's all coming back to you now. Yeah, I don't understand why they said that either, but they did. But what did you say, <laughs> <laughs> Tim? Sing, sing some Celine Dion. Oh, uh, what's the one from the Titanic? You tell what's me. The one it, from the Titanic. 
Yeah, didn't she sing the ending song? Yeah, my heart will go on. It's actually my heart a, will like go it's on. a legitimately great song. My heart will go on. Also, <laughs> that's not how it goes. Yes, it does. Love can touch us one time and last for a lifetime. It's all coming back. It's all coming back to me now. I drove all night. There were moments to of gold. To you. There were flashes of light. R.I.P. Renee. Her husband, uh, her late husband, passed. Yes. Recently? A couple uh, years ago, I think. It, time's all relative, Paul. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, especially the past two and a half years. Uh, especially the last. Watch this. Six weeks as the Green Bay Packers. I don't know what's happened to them, and we're still trying to figure it out this week. And you know, Rogers can say his stuff, and we can speculate, and everybody can talk about it. But th- there's a there's there's a massive regression on this team right now, and like everybody's doing worse. And so one of the points that I had earlier this week was it doesn't matter how they got here, right? Some of it's Rodgers. Some of it's the receivers. Some of it's the defense, the offensive line. It doesn't matter how they got here. It's Lafleur's job to get him out of this. So even after three and a half years, the first time he's ever lost back-to-back games, it is like the pressure's on. He's got to figure it out. And so we'll see how they respond against Washington. And, man, if they blow that game. Because yeah. then you're going to lose in Buffalo. So you lose against Washington and you're three and five. So. Yeah. Yeah, they got Dallas coming up. Dallas can come in here and win. Uh, before that, they have Detroit. Detroit's no easy. We always, I feel like we always lose in Detroit, too. So that's not like going to be a national. Easy. If you're like outside of the NFC North and you look at Green Bay three and three. And Detroit one and four. Are you taking Detroit to have a better record at the end of the season? <laughs> All right, let's let's rein that in a little bit. Okay, we just got to rein it in. Got to rein it simpler. Got to rein in those simple. Tapes. So we just got to simply. This podcast just needs to be simplified. We just got to <laughs> take. It's too complex. We just got to simplify. Simplify. Yeah. Simplify. No, Rogers knew when uh, these complex podcasts and we can't even get the simple stuff right. That's a good a good time to, to rein it in to simplify. Yeah, it's simple. Three guys talking heads. Fix the audio. Fix your ears. Keep it simple. Paul, you're our host. Take it away. And this is actually a perfect transition. So Tim, it was me and Toby and Bart for mm-hmm, mm-hmm, last week. But the Packers made this very easy for me to literally repeat a topic from last week and see how one week has changed the answers from you guys. More likely to happen, the Packers win the Super Bowl or miss the playoffs. I will tell you a week ago, Bart, Toby, and myself said at the Packers being 3-2, and two, if you had to pick one of those outcomes, it was more likely the Packers would win the Super Bowl. We all we all agreed. They, they, looked, they could be a play, team that misses the playoffs, but if you had to pick one of those two lanes, the three of us all said the answer was they'd win the Super Bowl more likely than miss the playoffs. Now they looked horrible at home against the Jets. They're 3-3. Three and three. They're two weeks away from losing in Buffalo. I'm going to ask the question again. If you had to pick one of those two outcomes more likely to happen, win the Super Bowl or miss the playoffs, you are still sticking with the more likely situation being they win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Or mm-mm, Bart Winkler. 
He's had a change of heart, ladies and gentlemen. Well, so here's here's one of the great things that um, I fought against, I think, in a four-hour show frame and covering sports daily because sometimes you can take the – you can step back and take the long view. You can also react to things as they're happening. And I think that where last week I said it's more likely for them to win the Super Bowl than miss the playoffs, it's only been one more game. But I do think the stench from that game is still strong enough that if you're looking at this team and what's coming up, it's basically how much confidence do you have in them. So I still think that there's a version of this team that can win the Super Bowl with Rodgers. They got Rodgers. To me, I'm not giving up on that defense as bad as they – they look. I don't want to give up on Rodgers. I don't want to give up on the team. I don't want to give up on this uh, unit that as soon as that pick six was called back, I mean, I joked about it, but the game was over. They, they had adversity. The game was over. But if you're looking at everything now, right now, what like where would I where would I where would I bet? What would I put my house on? What would I put my my health on, which is vastly deteriorating as it is. <laughs> Uh, I, I would I would say they're more likely to miss the playoffs. You know, they got you got these other teams in the NFC hanging around. And this was my key point from Sunday and Monday's show is that you've got a three and three team in Tampa. And they're like, dude, we're better than this. Mm-hmm. Right. You got a three and three Atlanta team, and they're looking around like, hey, we're three and three. We thought we might have some talent here, but we're three and three. Like we can. The Packers are like, oh man, we're three and three, and it's just it's it's varying, you know, degrees of confidence that you have going forward. So right now, I mean, if they go put up forty against Washington, I'll I'll change my mind again. But right now, they are more likely to me to miss the playoffs. And that line that we're straddling is very, like it's very thin, or we're we're very close to it. Yeah, one good game would put me maybe back there. Another bad game would put me back. But right now, as we sit here on this Wednesday morning, October 19th, that's today's date. Yeah. I say mm-mm, they are they're actually more likely to miss the playoffs. Timothy. Well, actually, actually, Tim, I want you to obviously answer. I just want to just clarify one thing, Bart. Yes, Paul. You said if they beat Washington, you they put let's see. I think you said if they put up 40 on Washington, I might change my mind. Well, well like, let, what, let, how are let, they going to do it? Well, let's let's say they they win forty five to three. They're cruising then on then off. Yeah, then then I'm going to be very good. But I mean, why? It's Washington. Like I think if Tony was here, he would say like, why, how does that change? Wilson had like a thirty six PFF rating or something. They still won by two scores. That's never happened. He didn't need to do anything. How did they lose that game? Like how did they? Not even how they lose that game. How did they even have a chance to not lose? They suck. The Packers suck. They are bad. bad. Right now, they are they are bad. Will they be bad in week 10? Will they be bad in week 15? I don't know. But if you look at what you just saw, I mean, they're even lucky to be three and three. If you think yeah. about it, yeah. they should have lost probably to New England. They got gifted the Bears on their schedule. I I think they're a bad team right now. They they are a bad team. They are not a good team as of right now. And it doesn't seem like they have a plan forward. I don't like Rogers wants to talk about manifesting. What did you manifest up there Sunday at the podium? You seemed as dejected as everybody. There's too many. He answers too many questions with more questions. Give us an answer. Say we've been in this spot before. 
I'm confident in these guys. Send a message. You know, don't say, uh, you know, we'll be all right as long as nobody you know, steps out of line. He don't sent look so me- bad he, up there. He, just- sent, he sent a message. He sent a message loud and clear to Matt LaFleur. Yeah, as yeah, he did. And, but Matt LaFleur needs to come out and send a message back. This is his team now. Take over your team. I can't wait to ask you the next question, but I want to go to Tim Shea first, who did not answer this question last week. Tim, can you first tell me how you think you would have maybe answered last week? More like I, mi- I might have said, Mm-mm. Like, like I might have disagreed with you too, you, Toby, and and Bart. Okay. I went. I went into. I went into this past week to the Jets game, saying that they were going to lose, that they were going to be, as Bart would say, jet lagged. That's Sorry. definitely the one. That, that's definitely the one good thing that came out of the game was that you got to use your creative headline. Well, and then uh, very creative, Bart. Very Dan creative. Schaefer, uh, Milwaukee media guy, recombobulation area. He tweeted jet lag too. <laughs> and people are like, you ripped off Bart. Dan would never do that. Me and Dan are boys. Just two great minds thinking alike. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty easy headline. Well, it, it, good it's good. It's one of those things that's easy, but then if you think of it, you feel like a genius. Oh, no. It, it It's good. I mean, don't sell yourself like, short. Uh, drink Wisconsinably? Not good. No, that I think is genius. Really? Yes. I like it. I was furious when i saw that at first because i didn't come up with it uh, i might not be the audience for it maybe that's drink why. wisconsinably uh, it's, it's perfect uh, okay I, I i'm probably not the audience for it so tim you know what, it's, it's like it's like people uh sitting around saying marijuana is illegal in wisconsin but how can we still get thc and these delta products to the people that need them without driving all the way to illinois gummies with just the right amount that will do the trick without having to drive happy place hemp happyplacehemp.com promo code bart 25% off your order tim what do you got there in your hand i have the uh the what is this thco so acts faster than the delta 8 and delta 9 i've been told Ooh. I also have the nighttime stuff. Yeah, I popped so, two of those the other night. Uh-huh. Works like a angel. Well, and, and with that, it says on the bottle there, it says, you know, start with like a half, see what you need. It's it's varying for others. And to me, again, I'll just say with, with the CBD gummies at Happy Place Hemp, I'm telling you, I take it, and then I'm telling you what happens to me. I can't sleep. I take them, I sleep. Yep. And I think it helps with snoring, which is becoming a problem for me. Uh-oh. Yeah. Big time. Happyplacehemp.com. They're on uh, College Court, which is just off College uh, Avenue. It's in Muskego, right across the street from Maddie's, which is in New Berlin, but they're in Muskego. You go to happyplacehemp.com or go to Happy Place Hemp, the location, Talk about us. Say Bart. Use the promo. Use the actual promo code on the website. B A R T. You twenty first twenty five percent off your every order, not just your first, but every twenty five percent off. Check it out for yourself. And uh, again, if you have questions about it, start sending them to me, and we'll talk to Chris and Rob at some point on one of these episodes. 
with that being said, I forgot why I brought them up. Don't know. It was a segue, but Tim Shea. So you said yes. maybe last Besides week. Besides the fact that they're great. I, I, I think last week I would have said no. And I, and I stick by it this week too. There's so no more likely, more likely to miss. Miss the play. The play. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. There's, you know what they're lacking? They're lacking that leadership on each side of the ball. Last year you had on offense, you had Devonte Adams as your leader. You had Zadarius Smith on Devontae's defense as your leader. Yes, he was. No, he wasn't. Yes, he I, was. I, Tim, I'll, I'll disagree a little bit and say I think they have leadership on defense. Who? Rashad. Yeah. Well, the problem with Jair, I think the Packers made a major, major mistake. Jair Alexander, and this isn't, I'm not saying this is problematic. Jair Alexander, like many great athletes, runs on ego. He is fed with ego. He was not voted a team captain, and he took that personally. And I'm not sure if he's taking it like, oh, now I'll prove why I'm a leader. Is, it, is he going the other way and be like, fine, all y'all can piss off. I'm just going to do my thing. I'm not, a, apparently, you don't think I'm a leader? So fine, I'm not a leader. Like, I think the Packers players would like to go back and make Jair a captain just so he could not pout about it, which, whatever, do your thing, Jair. But no, I mean, there's plenty of leadership on the defense, even just by their play. Like, I think Adrian Amos is a good leader, not like your typical, like, vocal guy. Um, yeah, I just think they're, they're just struggling. So it's just not there. By the way, Quay Walker is falling I and mean, he's not had a good couple weeks after a very hot start and i so want to see Devonte wyatt and why do we draft this guy and by the way let's not forget when they drafted kenny clark i think kenny clark was 20 or like just 21 Devonte wyatt is 24 oh. so it's not like you took like this young guy who's still developing into his body like kenny clark was this is presumably like closer to a finished product with Devonte wyatt Someone on and, YouTube asked me the other day, like, how come we keep taking all the bad Georgia players? Yeah. Yeah. Stokes is good. He did get torched, though. Well, so I want to, I'll just quick answer my own question. And man, it, it's so hard to know what this team will look like in two months. How will they respond to this? What will Jair Alexander inadvertently manifest into reality in front of Aaron Rodgers? These are all unknowns. I'm. Oh, I, I'm where does Rodgers say- draw the line on Jair? If Jair was asked, like, do you guys think you'll uh, win the Super Bowl? And Jair said, yeah, I mean, we're not going to go undefeated the rest of the way, but I feel good about our team. Would Rodgers be like, you're manifesting losses, man. We could go to field, man. Hey, Jair, do you think you're going to go 17 and 0? No, that would be unrealistic. Jair, you're manifesting losses, brother. Jair, you're manifesting losses. Hey, can you take uh, this team seriously when your quarterback uh, has the worst haircut ever given to a man or a woman? Or well, a it's, for, it's, for his, it's for his Halloween costume. Come on. Like, that's oh, what we're all waiting what for. Is he, what is he going as? I Washed up know. quarterback? <laughs> he goes on, he's, he's been going as that all season. I would say if you have not seen Peaky Blinders, he is presumably going as one of the members of the Peaky Blinders because it is the Peaky Blinders haircut, like to a T. Cool. It's a good show. It's a really good show. Peaky Blinders. I think I watched it on Netflix. Ask me that. Ask me this question after Halloween. So I'm going to go. I'm going to, I'm going to, I think I was very close to saying like, 
missed the playoffs last week, but I did, in fact, say more likely to win the Super Bowl than miss the playoffs. I'm going to take that slight way the other way. It's not like definitively. I'm not like, yes, they're just, they're clear. They have no path to the playoffs. They do have a path to the playoffs. They have a path to winning the Super Bowl. But we're going to once again all agree. And is it one loss being too big of a swing factor? Maybe. But how in the world, no matter how, like, okay, yesterday, uh, yesterday, I shouldn't say yesterday, I should say Sunday. Sunday's game against the Jets is, what, three and a half months before the Super Bowl. A lot can change. A lot can change. But how does that team on Sunday's game against the Jets win a Super Bowl? No idea. No. I don't. How? I mean, it's it almost ridiculous. Now you probably would have said that in 2010. You would have. They would have been no, four. 2010 was frustrating, but I think it was a good team that was losing stupid. But they, well, they also just. I mean, the injuries were incredible. There was not a game like this in 2010. No. Was, I'd have to go back and watch them again, but I don't remember anything feeling like that. But you also had like the good vibes of having this 26-year-old quarterback who seems like the future, and now it's just like it's a very, very different vibe at quarterback for sure. So I think we're going to all agree that it's more likely they missed the playoffs. And you know what? Depending on how terrible or great they look in Washington – Maybe we will ask it again and just kind of see on a week-to-week basis how much our opinions change. Let me so, just bring up one yeah. thing to you, Paul, is you're a fellow dad. I, I, feel, I feel a lot of dad guilt. Um, like if I'm not, you know, my kid's playing and I'm like tired on the couch. And he's like, play with me, daddy. And I'm like, I want to watch Thursday Night Football. <laughs> you know, I don't want these moments to, you know, fade away. I want to try to suck in every moment. I feel like yeah. even – even when I drop them off at daycare and then I go home to, to do what, to do this. Like I feel, I feel bad about that. Yep. But I justify my time away from him. At the time I put into the Packers is because it's the green Bay Packers and they're so good and they're so incredible and they're so fun. And they're such a part of me, but if they keep playing like this, I'm about to go to Buffalo in a couple of weeks over Halloween weekend. My little kid's going to be walking around the neighborhood dressed as Daniel Tiger. Wow. And I'm going to miss that. And he's going to say, why'd you miss that, Daddy? And I'm going to say, well, the Packers. He's going to, he's going to say, oh, I understand. And he'll say, wait, wasn't that the year that Rodgers went as that guy from Peaky Blinders and uh, they got beat by the Jets at Lambeau in front of maybe the worst crowd of all time? And I'll say yes. And he'll say, Daddy, I think it's time you go get cigarettes and never come back. <laughs> He's going to suggest it. <laughs> so Daniel Tiger is going to be going around his neighborhood. That's true. You know, Daniel Tiger. I like Daniel Tiger. Yeah, I do too. Won't you ride along with him? Ride along. <laughs> what? You want, you want to try that again? Yeah. It's Daniel Tiger's neighborhood, a land of make-believe. Won't you? Ride along with me. Ride along. That was better. <laughs> Isn't Daniel Tiger from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's okay. an offshoot. Oh, they made another show? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Now it's all Daniel Tiger. All right. Um, there was something, Bart, you had said a few minutes ago that if I had wanted to just quick jump to the next topic, it would have been a good segue. But it's about Brian Gudekins. And I think one of your callers last week I heard on your podcast Say something about this. So I want to bring it up as it, as its own topic. 
Brian Gutekinst really regrets not trading Aaron Rodgers to Denver for a ton of stuff. Brian Gutekinst really regrets not trading Aaron Rodgers to Denver for a, all the stuff that Denver got, and maybe more. Mm-hmm, that Brian Gutekinst really regrets it. Mm-hmm or mm-mm. I would think that uh, – does he regret it? Uh, I don't know. Keep in mind, a couple things happened as a result. Denver instead did the Russell Wilson trade, which they obviously regret. And then the Packers gave Rodgers a contract extension that whether Rodgers is traded, retires, he's going to stick them with like a $50 million dead cap hit regardless. He's untradeable. He's not allowed. I mean, he could retire, but if he retired, the Packers would get screwed with all the dead cap money. The Packers would pay less for Rodgers to play next season than to trade him or have him retire. So it's not that you just didn't get all the stuff from Denver for Rodgers that they eventually gave for Russell Wilson to Seattle, but you also then gave him this extension. So let me just ask, ask it again. I think now, what, he would, what he would regret is that he got into a situation where it, it was almost like he didn't have a choice. Well, this goes back to what you said. I remember what the segue would have been. It was when you said that Matt, this is Matt LaFleur's team, that Matt LaFleur needs to take control of Matt LaFleur's team. It's it, it's it, how how is it how is it Matt Lafleur's team by title because he's the head coach. This is Aaron Rodgers' team. The Packers but have Matt Lafleur needs to take it over right now. How he makes one tenth of what his quarterback does. His quarterback well, he's is the one that's got like they're not they'll get rid of Rodgers before they get rid of Lafleur. Uh, I yes. thought that, I thought that six weeks ago. Because Matt Lafleur, I don't think anybody like, wants Rodgers in that building. I think he's just there. I think Alan Lazard wants Aaron Rodgers there. I'm not sure how many others do. Lazard has made a career by being an Aaron Rodgers guy. He was an on the bench, never cut. He was lesser than Jawan Winfrey not that many years ago. And now he's a, he's a millionaire, good receiver. I think Alan Lazard likes Aaron Rodgers. I'm not sure how many are on that same path. Gutekind is in a situation where he is trying to, you know, he's trying to look ahead when they drafted Jordan Love. They're trying to figure out how do we live in a post-Rodgers world, okay? And so Rodgers is still good enough that he's winning MVPs. The team is still good enough that they're going deep into the playoffs. So if you're trying to look ahead, you're not getting a top-five pick where you can get a quarterback and make it like like if they had a top-five pick that year and they drafted Tua, and you know Tua really having a good season this year until they got hurt, and nearly murdered by his own team. If you if you draft a guy like top five and it's two, all you're like, all right, clearly this is the guy. I mean, there's no question about it. We will make this transition as as hard as it is. The thing with Favre and Rogers was Rogers was drafted 24th, but we thought he was going to go first. And then this this team like Rogers, it wasn't like it's, it's, that's why it's not the same situation because Jordan Love didn't fall anywhere. If Tua would have fell to 26. Then you take them. I mean, my God. But this is Jordan Love, some guy, you know, mid, mid-level mid conference, mid-major. So they don't have, like, the – they can talk themselves into it and say, okay, if we're in this spot. So they, like, they don't have the right exit plan already. And then, then Rodgers, does he want to stay? Does he not? Then he plays like an MVP. How could you imagine being without him? Then you lose your receiver. It's just a lot of things happened where it, it did feel – like, I don't know what the other – Option would have been the the backlash would have been incredible, and then love sucks, and then what do you do? And then you're screwed. I think that you know 
right now it might be till we're still we're still in it. But if you like, if Gudikins has a memoir in 15 years, he'd probably say, yeah, "I would love to know how it would go on the other way." But mm-hmm. I still, looking back, I don't know what differently I could have done. Wait, I mean, what you could have done differently is just trade him. Follow, well, follow. He was, he, I think. I think that if you're Gudikins. If you're Gudikins, there's like if there's a button that says trade, he might have got his finger all the way to it. Yeah, but the X X finish the word here. Extenuating circumstances. Oh, well done. Yeah, didn't allow him to. What do you What are you suggesting those extenuating circumstances were? The shitstorm the fans would have given you the oh i don't know if that's true the reaction from rogers himself the having to watch rogers play for another team and having to come back at you i mean i I agree with i agree jordan love possibly being tremendously bad i i agree with what you were gonna what you were gonna say there with with fans being being all bent out of shape about it i don't think i don't think i think half the fan base would have been okay with it but so really Ted do. Thompson did that years ago. Ted Thompson not only had the like I don't want to say the balls, but gumption. Had, like, gumption. Yeah, the gumption to to make a decision and go with it and not look back. And I think that Gudikins wants to have that, but his like first of all, his bird in hand. Uh Thompson's bird in hand was an aging Favre. And in the push he had, should have been number one overall pick. Gudikin's bird in hand is a two-time back-to-back MVP who has looked bad and got out of it before. And in his bush, he's got the biggest mystery of all time is, like, is Jordan Love good? Maybe that backup quarterback would have, oh, I don't know, played this offense correctly. I don't know. I would well, love I, to see. I would love to see how Sunday's game goes with Jordan Love. I, I I'm, not, I'm not saying that, and I'm not saying that Jordan Love is better than Rodgers. I'm not wanting Rodgers to get pushed out for Love. I just want to know, like, if there's a director's cut, I would watch it of the game with Love instead of Rodgers. I would watch it. Well, yeah. I mean, I think it's natural that when you're when you're this bad offensively, you want to know what's behind door number two. Yeah. Like, so if you're watching that game yesterday and like Bart, I will use our wives as the well, example. Yeah, I mean, I know it felt like yesterday, but it was four days ago. Sorry. Three days ago, depending <laughs> on when you're listening to this Sunday's game. But like, if you're, if you're telling this to your wife or like a very, very, very casual observer, Packer fan air quotes, and they're watching that game and, and, and you were to say, well, I, I'd like to see what the Jordan love game would have looked like with this. The backdrop is they should say, it already their offense is already really bad, isn't it, Bart? Isn't it, Paul? And we'd say it is already really bad. So, could yesterday's game offensively? Ha- Sorry, Sunday. could Sunday's game? Apologies. Could Sunday? I just I rewatched it on on my DVR. That's why I feel that way. Could Sunday's game have been any worse offensively? Like, I want to ask you this question seriously. This is not rhetorical. Could Sunday's game offensively have looked any worse? No. No. I'm emphatic with that. No. We've hit the bottom. Yes, the last two weeks, so the last six quarters. If you theoretically can't get worse offensively, I it's natural to want to see who's behind the other door. That's not about being an Aaron Rodgers hater, Aaron Rodgers lover, a defender. Like, I, okay, Horvat, biggest Rodgers defender I know. 
would he be curious what's behind door number two, or is he going to blame everything before he gets to door number two at the quarterback? I mean that like, do, do you know the answer to that? Did you text him at all? Do you know his opinion? Uh, I think that he would blame others before we got to Rogers. So he would not be curious like what he would not watch the director's cut. No, I think he thinks the director's cut would be like uh Batgirl. Like it, they won't even show it the light of day. <laughs> Warner Brothers won't even release it. <laughs> How do you make a movie and then not release it? So stupid. They made a whole movie. Terrible. They just don't release it. Terrible. Um, I know we've kind of gotten off track. So, but you're gonna say Brian Gudekinst does not regret not trading. I'm say he regrets that he was in a position where he didn't feel like he had full control. I'm not gonna let you get away with that, Brian Gudekinst. I think that's a great answer. So I'm gonna it, get away. It, with it is, and I appreciate your I appreciate your nuance, but this is a Scantron question, and you need to punch. Oh. You need to do. Then I'm just gonna pick C. It's right most of the time. But there's only an A and a B, so you're definitely wrong if you take C. I can afford to skip the question. I didn't are you really? Are you really not going to answer me? <laughs> are you going to keep? Let me try one more time. A would go back in time and trade Rogers to Denver for all the stuff. B would not go back in time and trade Rogers to Denver for all the stuff. I'm knowing what he knows A. now. A. A would go back in time because the situation's to a point where you want to see the other option. Yeah. Yes. Is the correct uh, – I'm not supposed to editorialize yet, but yes, is the correct answer. Tim Shea, Brian Gudikins really regrets not going back – well, like, I can't say that yet. Brian Gudikins regrets at the time not trading Aaron Rodgers. Well, we're freaking out because Josh Hader got two saves against the Dodgers. How would we feel if Rodgers got one win in another jersey? We would die. <laughs> you would going to happen. Like, you would, you would seen, feel bad. We've seen this story. Brett Favre, come on. Yeah, but that was different. How, Broncos, How Broncos is that games, different? Broncos games would be very highly rated in Wisconsin. Aaron Rodgers would win a handful of them. But knowing what you but know Favre, now. At the time, like everyone hates Favre now, but at the time, Rodgers would not get the same following that Favre did to the new team. No, he, he would not. I, I agree with that. Maybe a couple. Maybe a couple. No. Uh, People don't even like wearing Rogers jerseys. Yeah, well. you're right. You know what? You're right. You're right. You're right. Like I said, half half this fan base wouldn't be that upset if they traded him back over the summer. Agreed. So, Tim, uh, yes, Brian Goodis, mm-hmm, really regrets it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll say yeah. He, I mean, I, you could have gotten some, some young, good talent. Offensively, defensively, heck, even special teams, maybe. Not to mention the picks you haven't used yet. Exactly. Seattle has a 2023 first rounder from Denver, a 2022, a 2023 second rounder from Denver. You know, the young players that they were able to select this year as a result. And by the way, then you also, yeah, hey, Jordan Love, door number two, maybe he's bad. Maybe he's at best Mitchell Trubisky. Like, there's a very, very real scenario where, like, the ceiling for Jordan Love is like peach, peak Mitch Trubisky. Like, that's possible. But Rodgers, like, I, my approach would be I don't want to have this. Ryan Gudikins has out of so so Bart, you're saying you want Lafleur. This is Lafleur's team, but this is Gudikins' team. Aaron Rodgers is in complete control. Brian Gudikins cannot trade Rodgers this offseason. Brian Gudikins has to convince Aaron Rodgers not to retire this offseason. So because because as because as Ryan Horvath's best friend, uh, the cap guy on Twitter, the Packers cap guy on Twitter, who Horvath loves. It's, Ken Ingles, who I do love. 
No, I literally like he's great, but Horvat doesn't like the math dudes on on Twitter. Uh, the cap guys, because the cap is a myth. Say so saith Ryan Horvat, who I usually agree with, but he's not right in this case. That um, that Rogers has them to do whatever. There's nothing the team can do if Rogers retires. The team takes a huge cap hit, dead cap hit. If they decide, hey, we have to trade you, or he requests a trade, they still take a giant cap hit. If he plays, they take a huge cap hit. And if he plays like this, the guy who's been through six weeks. It's a terrible use of cap money, right? Terrible. I mean, Rodgers is holding this team hostage, and then he disappears for months at a time. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's literally he is at this point. He negotiated his contract wisely for him, but in a way that it is a hostage situation. He is in complete control, and there's nothing that that the team can do now. He won. He won. Well, then if this is going to be the way that it is, Rodgers has to deliver. In the last two years, while he didn't succeed in the playoffs he played well enough to win two mvps so you could argue that he did deliver in that accord well he is not, until, I mean, the, until the he playoffs is so bad like rogers is playing so bad right now that if he had a good second half of the season he could win most improved player <laughs> no that <laughs> mvp is not going to win most improved yeah good he could go from mvp and then the first half of the season he played so poorly that the second half of the season he can play like an mvp again and you get most improved player. Sure. Uh, I'll just get my vote. All right. Any other any other thoughts on this one? My opinion is that, yeah, mm-hmm, major regret. I think we got one more for Timmy Shea. Yep. And, and that's why I want to pivot to this one, because Tim is wearing his Brewers gear on this fine Wednesday, and I want to ask a Brewers question. We have now seen Josh Hader very directly lead the Padres over the Dodgers so that San Diego advances to the NLCS. Very painful experience for Brewers fans. David Stearns, I know, Bart, you said with Tim Shea on this podcast that David Stearns, quote-unquote, said nothing during his season-ending press conference. I disagree. David Stearns said, quote, well, you can't have a do-over, end quote. That's not saying nothing. That well, is, I, I meant of, nothing new. He had said that earlier in the week. but Fine. But speaking of, like, regrets from general managers or presidents of teams, saying you can't have a do-over is the clearest – I have regrets, quote, that's I mean, that's huge. Like, that's a huge quote. So here's what I want to say. The two key guys they got in the trade for Josh Hader are Robert Gosser, a left-handed pitcher, and Asteri Ruiz, the center fielder. Let's go crazy here. Let's just go, let's just go nuts. Gosser is a top three Cy Young candidate in his future, and Ruiz is a top five center fielder in his future. But that's like nuts, right? Gosser, top three pitcher. Ruiz, a top three, top five center fielder. The Josh Hader trade would still be bad. Mm-hmm. Or mm-mm. Bart. Well, I'll just say mine quickly. I think that this is like the Jordan Love situation. Because even if Jordan Love ends up being a Hall of Famer, yes. you you cost yourself the chance at like you have to factor in the Super Bowls that you could have won. Yes. And you don't know if you would have won them, but or even gone won. had a better chance of going to. Yeah. And so I mean, if you're telling me that Ruiz is Ken Griffey Jr., I mean, then it's going to be a good trade. It is? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it, uh, which is absurd. He's, he's Ken Griffey Jr. Like, that's nuts, obviously. But, like, if he was, you would What if he's, like, give me another like, if, he's, if he's Mike Cameron, I don't know. What if, what, if, what if Ruiz is nothing but Gosser is Brandon Woodruff? No. No. Bad trade. 
So how good does Gosser or Ruiz have to be? Like, like, where's does it literally? I mean, Ken Griffey Jr. Ken uh, Griffey Jr. Or not, well, yeah, and then uh, Gosser needs to be Nolan Ryan. <laughs> no, what's your real answer? Like, like what's your no like, hitters? Thirty give years me a, Bard, give me a player comp for both guys that would have you like. What's what's your realistic guy that Gosser becomes or Ruiz becomes where you would say it was worth it? Like, well, all not right. Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, Woodruff for Gosser. Okay. And then and Ruiz being. I don't know. 2018 Christian Yelich. Oh, Jesus. Come on. What? Is that your, I mean, that you're allowed to say that, but I, yeah. I mean. Hunter Pence. Okay. So you, so you, the, the Josh Hader trade is good. If Gosser is Woodruff and Ruiz is Hunter Pence. I don't know. Sure. I'm just curious. I mean, I think it's a. Yeah. Well, they need to be good. Well, do they need to be good or do they need to be like making up for the fact that you missed the playoffs while Hader crushed everybody in the postseason of 2022 so well, I still think to, to justify the love pick at some point love needs to win a super bowl and then make up for the super bowl that they maybe would have won so he needs two super bowls <laughs> well i mean so it's an outlandish we, but it has you know, if these you know. two guys okay if these two guys contribute in any significant way to winning a world series then it, then it's a good trade to winning not going to I mean, if we go to a World Series, we're just going to lose at this point. We're the fucking Brewers. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Tim Shea, I'll, I'll reset it for you. Robert Gosser becomes a top three pitcher. Asteri Ruiz becomes a top, I think I said to Bart, top five center fielder. Mm-hmm. Would still make the Josh Hader trade a bad deal? Mm-hmm. Or mm-mm? I'd say mm-mm. As long as, the, as, long as they are in the, like, top of their categories, top of their position, then yeah, then it's a good trade. Okay. If, if I'd say uh, Gosser has to be like, what, a Corbin Burns-ish type? Ish type? He's a That's very, I think, I think a, the problem is... A Cy Young, a number one. He's got to be number one. I don't... Look, the fact that Hayter did the what he did the way he did, he struck out the Dodgers' side. Yeah, and, and like the heart of the Dodgers' yeah. side. And he's pitching in multiple innings. They can game, they can much easier they can easily make this a good trade. God, they don't have to be Ken Griffey. They don't have to be. They just have to contribute to winning a World Series. They don't have to be a Corbin Burns itch type. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and, and and I by the way, I would totally tell you that there are Brewers fans who would say the only way the hater trade is good is if Gosser is Corbin Burns. Like I don't think. I don't think that's realistic, but I definitely think there are Brewers fans who say it has to be that level of pitcher for it to be worth it. So I don't bookmark this question for like midway through next season or something. Well, and Just the hard the- thing is too, it's we probably have to bookmark it for then and for like 2024. 20, yeah. You know, because you're asking this when, when this is all fresh with hater right now. So obviously we're going to be like, yeah. Well, here's the question though. Like if David Stearns never took a call from the Padres, not the Grisham trade, not the Hater trade, none of it. Are the Padres in the NLCS? Did did dealing with David Stearns push the Padres over the the you know the the point to be able to be an NLCS team? Like, did those series of calls, like how directly did that lead to the Padres being who they are right now in the NLCS? Like, like how big of a difference? I mean, they're 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 playing at a high level. Those two right now. 
They're, I mean, they're contributing big time. They're they contribution. What is contributing? They are Con- contra- contribution. Sorry, contribution. Lord. Well, to go even further, uh, Stearns, again, the thing that first made me mad about the hater trade was that we didn't get a bat, but also we didn't take enough from the Padres to limit them to acquire in one trade Soto and Josh Bell. Yeah. I meant to say contributing. Yeah. <laughs> That's what All right, Timmy, you gotta, you're would... actually going off to work. Yeah, I have to go to work. Okay. All right. You enjoy. I'll ask Bart a Bucks question. Will they win the NBA title? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or mm-mm. Yes. You guys discuss. <laughs> you guys Bucks see over it. Warriors in seven. Wow. That's big. See you, Timmy. Goodbye, guys. Go Brewers. Go Brewers. <laughs> That's Shea. a tough thing to say right now. All right, Bart, because I know that tomorrow night, Thursday night, you are hosting a post-game show. On YouTube. And you will not be talking about Chris Middleton's performance. You will not be talking about Pat Connaughton's performance. Chris Middleton and Pat Connaughton are out for the first few weeks of the season. But it's no big deal. Mm-hmm or mm-mm. I don't think it's a big deal. I mean, what are we going after? Are we trying to get the one seed? I don't know. That I mean, that's probably for each Bucks fan to think for themselves. I don't know. What 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 is the regular season goal? To I think be the healthy, regular healthy season goal May? is to win fifty games, be a top three seed, and get get some run from one of these other guys to see if they can contribute in the contribute in the playoffs. <laughs> like, is Jordan Wara going to do anything? Let's find out. Sure. Do they need Marjan Bochamp to play a role to win because of how old their bench is? Let's find out. Have they said who's going to what the starting lineup is on opening night? If they have up to this point, I have not yet seen it. What do you think it will be? Well, they've been starting uh, Bobby, Brooke, Brooke and yeah, but that that's Giannis, Drew. So then, who comes in? Grayson, who's the... right? Have they been starting Grayson? So hard to tell with preseason, like what to make of that. Yeah, I don't know. Because that would almost mean that when you need a backup big and Portis already started, then Sergi Baca comes in. Like, I, I, I guess. Don't... I mean, he's he barely played last year, so he's fresh. That is one way to look at it. Uh, what, what's your goal for the Bucks? I think top three seed in the East makes sense. Um, being healthy in April and May and June. But, oh, and win on Christmas and win tomorrow. Well, a.k.a. the couple times that very, very casual Bucks fan watches. Yeah, you got to win those games. <laughs> yeah, those games do, in the minds of many fans, weigh so much more than 182nd of the puzzle, which is, which is stupid, of course. Can you help me uh, figure out what I'm going to do on my trip to Buffalo show-wise? When are you leaving? Friday? Yeah, I'll have a full week of shows leading up. And then the game is at three, four twenty-five Eastern, five three twenty-five. Sunday night. It is a Sunday night game. Ugh. So I don't think I'm going to go on a trip with all my buddies, run back to the hotel and record a podcast while I'm in Buffalo. Actually, honestly, that would be amazing. Especially if you're like half to three quarters in the bag. So I thought about going live on YouTube. You should. But is listening like as, to the audio with all the crowd in the back, like 
Is that, I don't, I don't think it's going to make for a good audio experience. How would you do it? Just on your phone? Like as if you're on a phone call? Well, I can go live on YouTube on my phone. Yeah, but yeah. You just think it would be too loud. It'd be like listening to two guys talk at a bar, but you hear the whole bar. Yeah. Can you do it like as soon as you get back and you and your buddies are just stup like in a stupor just talking about what you just saw? I thought about maybe not doing a Monday show, but then recording Tuesday show on the drive home. I'm driving. Yeah. Alone, I'm driving to Cleveland, linking up with a buddy in Cleveland, then going. So I could record on the way to Cleveland. I think not having a Monday show the day after Packers Bills feels like a miss. Right. But this is my, I, I can put out the show whenever I want. You can. But I have now made it a hat. Like I've said, I'm doing it every day. I'm making it a habit. Yeah, you got to yeah, like I'll take off Christmas. And what if like what if Toby hosted and brought you in for 15 minutes? I mean, is that the same, though? I don't know. I'm going to hear Toby. Good morning, everybody. Because it's not like I, you know. I don't know. Can, I'm not going to have fill and host on that. I don't I'm not going to have fill and host. I'm just not going to do a show. Yeah. Normally, Yes. What if, what if the, I think if it's like a ho-hum win, like, well, there's no such thing as a ho-hum win in Buffalo. No. But if, like, if they, like, lose, like, 17 to 14, and it's, like, kind of, like, whatever, but if they lose by a lot or win at all, hey, man, it's your downloads, it's your Spotify ranking, it's your Apple podcast. I ranking. want to have a podcast available the next day. Yeah. And if I don't, all right, I put one out on Tuesday. All's well that ends well. Uh, I, I, but I feel like there's a little bit of momentum behind this. There is. And I don't want it to stop. I vote that you. Honestly, what I should do is just not go. <laughs> hey, I really would say, though, do Halloween, <laughs> record a podcast, not spend the money. There are, are you like committed to all the monies that you like? Could you get money back? Like, I could sell, you could sell your, if I wanted to, you could sell your ticket. To. I would say there are two weekends. I'm not going to, though. I'm going to Buffalo. Well, fine. I would, there was, there'd be no scenario in which I would have missed, sorry to make you feel bad, trick or treating. I understand that. Like, that's a, I that's have one the, buddy who is going with me getting on a plane Monday morning at, 5 30 to get home because where they live trick-or-treating is actually on halloween monday yeah but we do it the sunday afternoon sun oh sure it does yeah if you left on sunday you could come do my neighborhoods on saturday no no not the same driving there friday yeah it's oh you're going all weekend do the Sabres play while you're there, or is it like any Saturday night against Chicago? Are you gonna go? I kind of feel like I should. You definitely should. Yeah, uh, they call it a home away from home series when the Blackhawks play. I think. <laughs> yeah, I won't go to the Blackhawks game when I can walk to Pfizer, <laughs> but I will fly. I drive to Buffalo to go see. No, them. but when you're and when I won't because I don't like them. I hate them. You're, you're, aren't the Sabres like your oddly adopted team anyway? They are, and I have a Derek Roy sweater uh, that I could wear. Is it Roy or was it Wah? 
That was Patrick Wah. Patrick Wah spelled Roy. Derek Derek Roy actually was traded or signed with or traded to Nashville, was going to play for the Admirals one night, and then he, like, retired or something. Oh, okay. Was Derek Roy was a stud. Ryan Miller was their goalie. We started liking this team. And they made the playoffs, and I think they lost to Boston. But that was the last time they made the playoffs. It was like 11 years ago. Who? The Sabres. The Sabres. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, me and my buddy, we went through the whole list, tried to pick out who we could. It couldn't have rivals. Couldn't be Canadian. Couldn't be Southeastern. Couldn't be new. Had to be like a like an authentic hockey team that we feel someone with our Wisconsin-y background. And the Sabres felt like a good fit. Some success. Mostly shitty. Do you know, you have an excuse, by the way, for it to be a different team. My NHL team, and this has nothing to do with their success recently, is the Lightning. Because much like your parents, my dad moved down to Florida many years ago. I used to like the Lightning. They were, I had a Lightning shirt. I have lots of Lightning stuff. We are, I'm a Lightning. But that never I, stuck for me. I, I, liked, I liked like we went to Tampa Bay a couple times traveling as kids. Yeah. And so I, li- I liked the Rays and I liked... The lightning, just because you're down there, and then yeah, that didn't stick though. Lightning stuck, but I but I've probably been to like ten lightning games, so it's easier to stick once you've experienced it. And now they're like really good, so that is all right. So let me let me ask you one more thing because this is really really weighing on me. Getting a job that's like weighing on me, but this decision about the podcast. If I put out a podcast that was like twenty minutes, is that? Good enough, or should I rather not do one? No, it is good enough. Okay. I think, again, my vote would be, if I'm allowed to vote as a contributing member of the podcast, you keep it together just enough so that by the time you... together. I'll keep it together. Okay. Well, I mean, but I think, like, again, like, your post-game Bucks stuff, after when the Bucks were going through there, was amazing because you were, you know, you were coherent and... But but you you, you were, there was a, there was a line and you were probably blurring it, but it was great content and and you know it was it was really good. So like even if you're not well, you know perfectly together and your buddies are in the background saying why are you recording a podcast, man? That's good stuff. Like I would want to listen to that. Okay, and chase those downloads. Now another question is debating whether or not you're going to do a show for ten minutes. Good content. I don't think that's for me to decide. Well, it would have been if I had just been a, a listener. I think it is good content. We'll find I out. Too. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I, I do a poll. It's behind should the I, scenes. Yeah, we're gonna stop now, but it's behind the scenes. Right. No, you I should do, do a show. Like Paul, it's breaking me up that I'm not gonna be at Halloween. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to like rub it in, but for like, I love Halloween. So. Well, I do too, but I. <sighs> I love Halloween. I love Halloween. It doesn't even matter. We'll, we'll just. Yeah. But do I? It's really tough. Yeah, and that's why I feel guilty. Like I said before, because you know my the, you, your kids are the world. Yeah, and I'm gonna. I don't know. You're com- you're committed to going, so probably just do it or back out of it. Fuck, screw your friends. <laughs> but if I can also find a way to write it off. Oh, that is true. 
No, actually, you could, right? I, I don't know. I got to hire a tax guy. Are you LLCing this bad boy? I have an LLC. Well, then you, I think you get what, like one trip a year? There's some kind of. I don't know. Yeah. You do. There's a thing. I got to hire a tax guy. If anyone's a tax guy and wants to be my tax guy, I'm looking for a tax guy. This podcast is sponsored by Happy Place Hemp and the law firm of something. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do, let's do it that way. I'm not FCC regulated anymore. Let's do a little payola. You be my tax guy and I'll, you can sponsor the show. The, the mm-hmm, mm-hmm segment. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. Friday Picks with Horvath is already brought to you by a listener who convinced me they had a tax company and really just wanted to look at my finances. Yeah. Yep. Brett and Tosa is also a tax guy, it turns out. <laughs> yeah. Mike the Painter. Who knew that Mike the Painter is actually a tax guy? When he says suddenly he's all my money is gone and invested in Sherwin Williams. <laughs> it's like that one in South Park episode. And it's gone. And it's gone. Matt Damon. Me took away all my money. Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, see, hey, let me, let me you got a little one. bit of sports on this one and then a little bit of stuff. Here, let me add, let me just end with one quick stuff. Last week, all of the talk about the Blink-182 reunion. Bart, I, I want to know if, if you could, like, reunite a band or get a group or a person to go on tour. The one, like, what would be the top of the list that you would actually leave your house and go to... Summerfest Amphitheater to go. Like, well, you, you get to pick one that maybe they're not even together anymore. They have to be alive, but like the the top of the list that you would leave your house for and pay for a good ticket. What band or group or artist would that be? I need to know that. I can't say. What is it? like? Can't say, or you don't know? No, there's one band that I've never seen that I've always wanted to see. Uh, they've never come to Milwaukee. They go to Chicago a bunch. Who? <sighs> OAR. I've seen them way too many times. Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> seen them. Uh, Christina Aguilera. Cold, Coldplay. Coldplay. I don't think that's embarrassing. Yeah, it is because one movie made a joke about him 20 years ago. No. A lot of people don't like them. What was that? What forty year old virgin? Forty year old virgin, yeah, yeah. Chris Martin is an accomplished vocalist. I don't think you should be. If you would have said like Imagine Dragons, I would have, you know, ended the call. But Cole I would have called the Imagine Dragons the Beatles of the twenty tens. Who did? Me. No, you didn't. Like in terms of popularity, or like because they're yeah 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 okay. I mean, it made more just shut up. I'll take that out. I won't. But Coldplay is a uh, an acceptable answer. I know other songs. I like them. I think what stained me against Coldplay. I want to have the lighter going. It's like tears from your face. I promise you. And there's tears on my face. I'm like oh my god, it's really Chris Martin and. The other guys. The other guys, yeah. But, yeah, I, I get it. I think what stained me to Coldplay, though, was that Yellow was such a dumb song. It was their first one. It was dumb. It's a dumb song. There's, they have some really good songs. That song is dumb. I'm not even sure if it's bad. It's just it's a dumb song. 
All right, Paul. Uh, appreciate you. I can play clocks on my keyboard. Hit it. I'm going to edit. Casio. I do have to edit some of this out, though. Because, uh, actually, I can't. You can't? You don't know how? We, or we just... did an Airbnb in March with some buddies, and there was a piano at the place, and I spent, like, the first two hours just trying to relearn how to play the beginning of clocks. <laughs> it was awful. So I guess if I can do that, I can break away in Buffalo and do a podcast. And also yeah. the last time I went to lacrosse, I basically said, all right, guys, good to see you. And I played the machines all day with the slot machines. I'm a breakaway. I'm a breakaway Bart on these trips. <laughs> breakaway and do your podcast. And by all the right, way, buddy. you're welcome. Other listeners for convincing Bart to do it because your listeners would miss your, your takes. Yeah. We'll see. Paul Emig. See you, buddy. Later. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.